Merry Christmas to you. Uh, my name's Steve, I'm one of the ministers here, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a think about that passage, um, and first we'll pray, so let's bow our heads and pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we pray that you would guide us to the truth, that you would be at work in our hearts, that you would open our hearts to Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, I want to start with a question, which is, uh, if Jesus is the saviour of the world and the Messiah, if he's such a big deal, then why isn't it more obvious? Here we heard a story from somebody who teaches scripture in the local schools. Um, I don't know if you remember this, if you were in church, but the teacher was talking to the class about Jesus and one of the kids said, what's a Jesus? It's interesting, isn't it, that this child presumably lives in Australia and therefore celebrates Christmas every year, but still hasn't heard of Jesus. So thoroughly has Jesus been removed from our culture that there can be a public holiday celebrating his birth, and then another one, his death and resurrection, and kids still have never heard of him. What is a Jesus? And it prompts the question, I think, if Jesus really is who the Bible says he is, if he is such a big deal, why would he hide? Why isn't he obvious to everybody? And this is actually one of the features of uh, the story of Jesus' birth that we have in Luke. There's a huge glory there, which we see a little bit of in that reading that was just done for us, uh, but it's, a hidden, it's hidden from most people. And even those who are exposed to it sort of find it hard to process. And that's where many people stand with Jesus today. Now, for some of us who regularly come to church, we're reconciled to who Jesus is. We're, we're kind of used to it and it might seem obvious to us. Well, we, it's obvious who Jesus is. But others might be thinking, well, if Christianity is true, why doesn't Jesus make himself more obvious? Well, Luke's story of Jesus' birth shows us the glory of Jesus Christ. It, it is here in the Bible. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, which wasn't read, Mary has already been told by an angel that even though she is a virgin, she's going to have a baby. Uh, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow her and she would have the ultimate miracle birth and her son would be holy and he'd be called the Son of God and he'd be given the throne of David and he would reign forever. And chapter 2, Luke notes that Joseph went with Mary to Bethlehem, the town of David, and it says because he belonged to the house and line of David. So Luke makes it very obvious that Jesus has those credentials to be the Messiah. And on the night of his birth, angels appear in the fields nearby. The angel says to the shepherd, shepherds in verse 10, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord, and then a great company of the heavenly host appeared. In, in literally, the, the armies of heaven have shown up to celebrate the birth of this child in this town. And they say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. So this is God's big play. Um, this is what will bring glory to God in heaven and peace to God's people on earth. This is a world-shaking, game-changing event that this uh, child has been born. Such is the glory and significance of Jesus Christ. Um, one thing that I regularly get in trouble for from my wife is um, forgetting to tell her things that have happened in the church family, um, especially the birth of babies. I'll hear of a baby being born and I'll be very happy and I'll think that's wonderful. Um, and I might message the parents and say congratulations, but I won't remember to tell Joe about it when I get home. It happened again last week. Uh, Joe said to me, oh, did you hear such and such a family had their baby? I said, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I had heard about that. 
she narrows her eyes and says, when did you hear? I start getting a bit, oh, it was yesterday or the day before or something like that. Now, of course, the arrival of any baby is, is big and exciting news, but if the heavenly host were to appear and if they're singing glory to God and peace on earth, the Saviour, the Messiah has been born today, and if I heard about that at work, I would probably go home and remember to tell Joe about that because that's really big news. The arrival of Jesus is the big game changer for the world. It is God's big play that's being celebrated. But the thing is in here in this story that it was kept so quiet. I mean, is it not incredible that the Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah, should be born of a virgin and they can't find a room to stay in? Um, and to whom did the angels appear? Well, they appeared to shepherds. That is, they appeared to rough, lowly people who lived in the fields, isolated from society. The last people you would tell if you wanted the news about this to be spread everywhere, you wouldn't go to the shepherds in the fields. Hardly the influences of the day. So heaven's excitement is only barely seen on earth that night. And what was the sign that the, to the shepherds that it was all going to be true? Well, verse 12, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the shepherds then had to go throughout the town searching all the animal feed troughs for a baby and the baby they found in the animal feed trough, well, that would be the Messiah. It's very, very strange. Of course, it's an appropriate sign for shepherds searching for, you know, through feed troughs, but it's hardly a sign you would expect for the coming of heaven's champion into the world. And so the question this is raising is why all of this is so hidden why didn't God make Jesus more obvious if he was indeed, is indeed, such a big deal? Of course, anybody who wants to be a big deal in this world has to be pretty good at publicising themselves. Politicians, very keen to get their, paper, their, their photo in the paper. Uh, Taylor Swift's marketing department. We all hear about who she's going out with and where she's been and where she's showing up next and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're an influencer and you want to have a profile online, you have to produce content that people are going to find amusing or extremely stimulating, and so they'll share it with everybody else. But heaven's strategy at the birth of Jesus was an extremely limited release of hype and excitement, and the question is why? Well, I think we get the answer to that question a little bit later in the same chapter, Luke 2. Um, if you have a Bible open you'll, if, and you scan forward, you'll see 40 days later, there's another little glimpse of Jesus' glory. Joseph and Mary are in the temple in Jerusalem, having the baby dedicated. There's an old man there in the temple called Simeon, who was being guided by the Holy Spirit. And he takes the baby Jesus into his arms and he says, he prays, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So he says this amazing thing about this baby that he's holding, and it says the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Isn't it interesting that even they were still coming to terms with the significance of Jesus? It, was, it wasn't even obvious to his own parents. But what Simeon says next explains why it was deliberately kept obscure. This is verses 34 and 35. He says, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So Jesus wasn't immediately obvious then and he isn't immediately obvious now 
because he is supposed to divide people. He is God's means of sorting all of us out. That's what Simeon is saying there. And of course, Jesus would go on to die on the cross, which was his main mission on earth, to die for our sins. And the cross also is obscure. It's not obvious what's going on there. It says in 1 Corinthians that some people, the cross looks like weakness to some people and it looks like foolishness to other people. But to us, us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So one person can look at Jesus and not see any glory, totally unimpressed. And another person can look at Jesus and be totally blown away, including by the fact that he died on the cross. And that's exactly how God intended it to be with Jesus, right from the beginning when he hid the arrival of his son. The angels were there. They were very excited. Uh, the shepherds saw it. They got excited and they told people about it, but then they went back to the fields. Those who heard the shepherds, what the shepherds said were sort of amazed, but then they didn't hear any more. And that was it. Even Jesus' parents were not fully on board. It says Mary treasured these things up in her heart and pondered them. So she, even she reserved judgment. She wasn't totally clear on what was going on. And even now, God doesn't make it totally clear to everyone. There's a sorting out process occurring. And through that uh, process, some see and others don't. Some are impressed and others are not. As Simeon said, some fall and others rise. God hasn't made it obvious so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That is, he's left some decisions to be made. He's left some inner battles to be fought within each of our hearts over where we're going to stand with Jesus. It's through this process that he is sorting us out. Uh, we have family staying with us at the moment. There they are over there, the Brisbane people. Uh, and we played a game last night um, with those jelly beans, you know, the, the trick jelly beans, which um, they make them in all kinds of flavours, in, in some nice flavours and some disgusting flavours. And in this game, you spin the dial and it tells you that you get this colour jelly bean, but that colour jelly bean could either be a nice one or a disgusting one. Um, uh, so I, typically I had very bad luck. And um, so my first three were bath and then old bandage, and then stink bug. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night still tasting old bandage, even though I'd cleaned my teeth and everything else, and just feeling faintly sick, you know. Um, slightly similarly, so you, you couldn't tell. They looked exactly the same. You didn't know which one, you, and you chew it for a while, then, you, then it reveals itself, right? Slightly similarly, as we chew over the news about Jesus, the true nature is revealed. That is the true nature of a per where a person stands with God. Um, God is revealed, it's revealed one way or another for the falling or the rising. According to the New Testament, this is the process by which eternal salvation is decided. We're all sinners. We all deserve hell. Jesus has provided this saviour and we need to put our faith in that saviour to receive salvation. And that means that the thoughts of our hearts regarding Jesus are all important some people wrestle with questions over whether Christianity can be true. Can we really believe the Bible's account of what happened? Uh, is the biblical worldview credible? Uh, there's certainly lots of questions that you could ask about all of these things and uh, none of which we're going to discuss here and now. But I would just make the point that not every Christian is completely stupid and naive. 
Um, in fact, some are very intelligent and they've resolved enough of their questions and they've found that the case for Christian faith is in fact logically very strong and they've put their faith in Jesus. So you can have a brain and, and have it engaged and be a Christian. But perhaps the most important issue when it comes to the thoughts of our hearts and how we choose regarding Jesus is whether we want it to be true. Maybe that's the key issue. And each of us would have our own personal motivations there. Some of us would have strong reasons why we want it to be true. And some of us would have strong reasons why we really don't want it to be true. Now, obviously, perhaps obviously, um, in all honesty, I have a lot invested in Christianity. I'm a minister, so I, I want it to be true now. You know, it'd be very inconvenient for me if it were proven to be not true. Hasn't always been that way for me, but it is now. But you might be different. It might be quite inconvenient for you if it were true. You might be like C.S. Lewis before he was converted. Um, he wrote, I quoted this recently, but he wrote, no word in my vocabulary expressed deeper hatred than the word interference. You really didn't want it to be true. And when he finally gave in and knelt and prayed to acknowledge God, he describes himself as the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. He describes himself as being brought kicking, struggling, resentful, darting eyes in every direction for a chance of escape. But he later acknowledged that God was very kind to save a person like that. You see, he really didn't want it to be true. And, but in the end, he had to surrender to the truth. You might be like that um, in that you don't really want the Christian claim to be true. And maybe there's a bit of a battle inside of you. Some people might have been hurt by Christians in the past, and that's the battle that they're up against. Uh, some people are stuck in lifestyles that they know are not consistent with Christian faith and that's the battle that they're up against. Uh, some people are very familiar with the Christian mold and they really don't want to have to fit in and they want to do whatever they want and that's their battle. Some people are just lazy and they know that being a Christian is going to involve a bit of effort and that's their battle. God deliberately doesn't make Jesus obvious and he doesn't make it easy because he is using the battle inside each of us to sort us out for our falling or our rising. Why isn't Jesus more obvious? Why isn't it easier for us to believe? Because God uses the process. He wants us to wrestle. He wants us to choose and for our faith to actually mean something when we settle on it. God wants us to ask, could this be true? God wants us to ask, do I want it to be true? The thoughts of our hearts are being revealed. So we don't just need to make up our minds, we need to open our hearts if we're going to believe in Jesus. And so the words of the Christmas carol are helpful here. Familiar words, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. So let me pray for God's help in this process. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we consider the message of Christ again this Christmas, as the thoughts of our hearts are revealed, that you would give what we need to prepare him room in our hearts. Give us what we need to rise in faith to salvation and to, and to eternal life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.